the, the message tonight is, are you ready for what is about to happen? And I believe that all hell is getting ready to break loose. And I, pre- I believe that all God's blessings are getting ready to break, break loose. loose. And they're all going to be flowing at once. And the people that are in the position God put them in and doing what God told them to do are going to be blessed. And the blessings of God are going to come upon them and overtake them. And the people that are struggling with worry and doubt and unbelief, they are in for one hell of a mess. Because all hell is breaking loose and that mess is going to get on them. But you know what? I believe, I didn't mean that as a swear word. I meant it from a demonic thing. But I believe, I believe that. I really do. And I believe that if we're not careful, we can become mesmerized by thinking, well, God's going to take care of everything, and I'll be all right, and que sera, sera, we'll just tiptoe through the tulips, and the Holy Spirit will come and take care of everything, and I'll be okay. Well, for eternity, that's true. Yes. But if you aren't plugged in to what God is speaking to you individually and corporately, help Marie. She's having a problem back there with this message. Hallelujah. She's not got one for herself. She's gave them all away, and she's looking for one for herself. Get that girl one. And, And so what happens is we don't realize we're getting ready to go into intense warfare. And if we're not ready, then what is happening will kind of be like that frog that you don't throw the frog into a boiling hot pan of water. It's kind of lukewarm, and then he just kind of relaxes and thinks everything will be okay. And You know, there are a lot of people even in the church today who think that God will take care of all of their needs, which that is scriptural. And if he doesn't, then the government will, and that's not scriptural. But there are a lot of people that are in for a huge disappointment. And in this nation founded on godly principles... We do not any longer look like we did in the 40s and the 50s when it comes to various things. We're going to talk about that tonight. But a nation reflects the people, and the people reflect the church. And any nation that is moving the wrong direction is going to have to make a change. And I, and I want, well, how many of you know the, the origin of St. Patrick's Day? One or two of you. I did not. Until today, I, I told Pam what it was today as we were having lunch together. She said, how did you know that? And I said, I looked it up on the Internet. And, but, but uh, you know, I always thought it was when all the Irish people went out and got drunk and drank green beer or something like that. And, and unfortunately, that is not too far off of what happens. Is that not true? And, and I'm not putting down the Irish people. I'm sure all the other people do it too. But uh, Bill O'Brien probably would say, no, that's not far from truth. <laughs> but but uh, St. Patrick... Uh, died in 461 A.D. on March 17th. But, but he was captured uh, in England and, and taken to Ireland. And, and the, the long story is very interesting, but I'm not going to share that with you. But this is basically what he is noted for and why he's so famous. He baptized in Ireland over 120,000 people. He was an evangelist. He founded 300 churches. And in one of his writings, this is what he said, Patrick the Sinner an unlearned man to be sure. None should ever say that it was my ignorance that accomplished any small thing. It was the gift of God. Now, you know, you never hear that about St. Patrick's Day. You never hear a lot of things about the founding of our nation any longer because of people who have gotten in authority who shouldn't be in authority. And what happens then is that the body of Christ is sitting there complacent, only complaining. Yeah, we can't be part of the problem, amen? We're, we're the solution, or we're the word and the life, and we give what 
the Lord has, so we're part of the solution. Because he said that he, he wanted us to have life and have it more abundantly. And, you know, I believe that's the way the church should live all the time, regardless of what's happening in our economy or in any other situation. We're the light that shines. We're the city set up on a hill that cannot be hid. There's many things that the Word of God says about us. We're the salt, you know, of the earth. We're, we're the different group. We talked about that last week when we were talking about the revelation of the cross and, and how God has given us a privilege to walk as his children. So in that privilege comes uh, the ability to walk in power and authority and anointing and see things that the world can't see because we're not in the world. I mean, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And so we have the opportunity to be different and walk in the blessings of God. Everybody say the blessings of God. But we have to walk according to the will of God, and we have to know the truth. And we have to operate in the truth we know. You say, I may not know that much truth. Well, operate in the little bit you know, and then God will give you more truth. Hallelujah. Because I have a lot of people say, well, you know, I, it wouldn't do any good. I mean, I'm just a, you know, who am I? Well, if you know a little bit of truth, you're lethal to the enemy. You are lethal to the powers and principalities that are exalting themselves against the knowledge of God. How many of you are the kind of people that just speak up, let the ships fall where they may? How many of you wish you were like that? I think, I think that the time has come for people to speak the truth of the Word of God and to speak up and to speak out. And in John chapter 8, if you're already over there, Jesus is talking about the key. Let's all say it, folks. We have the victory. We have the victory. Tell your neighbor, we have the victory. We have the victory. We have the victory. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We were put on this earth to be in charge, to have authority and to have dominion. And when you look at this nation individually, this nation was founded as a Christian nation by men and women who wanted to to spread the gospel to the world, and the nation began on the right path, and the church began on the right path, and many of you began on the right path. Let me see the hands of all the people that began on the right path at one time or another and then <laughs> took the wrong path. Can I see all of your hands? That's probably all of us. Couple of, wake up Larry back there because he didn't raise his hand either time. He, he hadn't gone on yet, so Hallelujah. Now, this is what it says in John chapter 8, because if you really get this deep within your heart, it says, if you abide in my word and you are my disciples indeed, then you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Now, with the exception of any visitors, do we have any visitors? I I, I I don't think we had any visitors tonight. So how many of you know the truth? Let me see your hands. Okay, so let's all say, I know the truth. I know the truth. So you are what? Free. Let's all say, I'm free. I'm free. Should we look like we're free? Yes. We have all of the answers, and it is in the Word of God. Is that right? Amen. We have it all. The Word of God gives us everything we need. It says it gives us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And so that's just about everything that we need. Amen. So we walk above every circumstance, every situation. And it goes on to say in verse 33, Then they answered him and said, Well, we're Abraham's seed. We have never been in bondage to anyone. How then can you say that we have been made free? And Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not abide in the house of the father, uh, house forever, but a sin abides forever. Therefore, if the Son of Man makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So what happens is we have the freedom that God gave us to to speak forth the word of God, to walk in the victory and absolutely to change the world that is around us. Now turn over to John chapter 10 verse 10 because the happiest people 
I think this is Demas Shakarian uh, who, who said this years ago and wrote a book about it. But the, but the people of God ought to be the happiest people on the face of the earth. People ought to look at us and want what we have. We should never be down. We should always be up. We should be excited about everything. We know we have the victory. We know they have the answers to every situation. Or we know where we can find the answers. But there is a lack of truth in the world today. Would you say that's true? Amen. And sometimes there's a lack of truth between that thing that sets between your ears. And that is called your brain or your mind. How many of you ever violated the truth of the word of God? You do what to do. You did the wrong thing. And after a while, that begins to usurp the power of God in your life. But Jesus said that I've come to give you life and give it more abundantly. How many of you have the abundant life? If we have it, should we look like it and act like it? Yes. We should be the happiest people on the face of the earth. The joy of the Lord should be and is our strength. Strength. So how does that make you feel? Well, I'm thankful for the truth. Amen. You know, when uh, I was thinking about this uh, message, you know, we're faced every day with situations where we have to make a judgment call, so to speak, of is that truth according to the word of God or is that truth according to circumstantial evidence? And uh, I was reading in Faith to Faith the other day, and, and Brother Copeland said, we do not have to give in to uncircumcised giants in our life. And uh, God's really been speaking to me about the fact that we are of the circumcision, of the heart, you know, because the way we're in the new covenant through Jesus in our hearts, you know, that's the circumcision that God put in the new believer in the new covenant. But, but because we're in that, we're in covenant so we live by this whole different set of rules. So anything that's not according to the rules that are in here is an uncircumcised Philistine, so to speak. And you know what David said about that? Who are you, you uncircumcised Philistine, to defy the armies of God? So all of the untruth is uncircumcised uh, information. It doesn't belong to us. Our information comes from the word of God, and it is truth. It's under the circumcision. It's under the covenant. So this is what belongs to us. And the world has what they have, and we have what we have. And our, our word is truth. Everybody say truth. But every day we're challenged in what we're going to accept. Are we going to accept the, the uncircumcised giant of there's, there's horrible debt, and, and everybody's going to be in debt, and nobody's ever going to get out, and the whole world's going down, and we're all going down? We don't have to accept that because that's not a truth about us. That's, now, it may be a truth for some people, but it's not a truth for us. And so I just thank God that I have a different report, that I have a report that exalts itself above every other report. And for this, just this morning, the Lord was speaking to me about Second Corinthians 10. These are our weapons. We have weapons of warfare, weapons of warfare. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And the weapons of our warfare are truth. And they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. What are the strongholds? The lies of the uncircumcised giants that are standing against us. Sickness, disease, poverty, lack, all those kind of things. God doesn't want us walking in those things. Because we know the truth. And the truth has made us free. We're free from the effect of that if we believe the word. And if we walk in the truth. 
That's a good word, honey. And, and in John 10, 10, when we talk about abundantly, and if you've been around this church, you've seen this a lot of times, especially when I preach, but about the abundant life that we have, super abundant, excessive, a, a, few, a, a few over and above, more than enough. I mean, this is the definition of what God has given us. This should excite us because we have the truth, and the truth has set us free, and that we are not of this world system. We are above all of these things, and the powers and principalities are under our feet. They've been defeated. This is the general of the message tonight. God put us down here to be in charge. Everybody messed it up through Adam and Eve. Now we've got, we've been restored through Jesus. Now we're back in charge. But if we're quiet and if we allow the world to take control, then instead of speaking and taking charge and being in authority and proclaiming the truth of the word of God, we have a tendency to, well, I don't want to upset anybody and I don't want to upset that. And I don't want to say this about this person. I don't want to say that about that person. Folks, you need to proclaim the truth. And if a person is living a lie and moving the right direction, it's not that we attack people, but we do attack the powers and principalities because they're defeated. Everybody say they're defeated. They're defeated. And they will answer and flee to the authority and power of God. But if you just accept that, but you know, you look at Keith back there and you say, Keith, in Jesus' name, you need to get set free in this area of your life. And Marie said, Amen. Hallelujah. And. <laughs> And, and, and you say, oh, well, now don't say that about Keith. Maybe Keith needs to get set free and the Holy Spirit assigns you to Keith. And you need to go and do that and pray for him. And what happens is the body of Christ has been silent, especially in our government over the years. I, I was talking to Jerry just before the service, but, but how many of you, most of you are not as old as I am. But if you were raised during the 40s, you don't recognize the world and the country today. If you were raised in the 50s, you don't recognize it. Look at the things that have happened in the world today. And the church from the very beginning in America has been in charge. The church was the authority in the very beginning of this nation, the Christian community. Yet we seem to have a government that has taken control, but the government merely represents the people. This is a republic. And the people of God have let their guard down. And if you let your guard down, a defeated devil... And defeated powers and defeated principalities will take advantage of you. And they'll come in and they'll, they'll circumvent the truth. And we see that a lot, honey. The truth is being circumvented. You know, the church is the moral voice. Has always been the moral voice in the nation. And now the church has been intimidated to where the, the church doesn't say anything. The church may still have the moral voice, at least a you know, part of the church. But the world has infiltrated the church. And, and water down things in a lot of situations to where there is not the moral uh, backbone, if you will, in the church that there used to be. You know, there used to be, this is the way it is. This is black. This is white. This is what you don't do. This is what you do do. And there's not a compromise of that based on circumstances or situations. Why? Because the devil doesn't live in a gray area. He does not. You know, darkness is darkness and light is light. And if you get over in his territory, he is going to womp on you with everything he has. There's no gray area with the enemy. But there's a gray area oftentimes now in the church where things and we have a government that's trying to put the squeeze on the moral voice, which is the church. And using separation of church as a tool against the church. But I'm telling you, God will not be outdone. And if there's a living church in the United States, a living church, a church that's living the life abundantly, no matter what rules are made, it will, it will override them. 
it will rise up over the top of them. That voice will get louder and louder, and nobody will be able to stop it because God will not be silenced. But we have to stand up for God, basically. Now, about six months ago, maybe longer than that, about seven months ago, I preached a message on speak up, stand up, and really act up. In other words, let the truth be spoken. And in the church and in America today, there are many things that are going on that you can't put your finger on, like, okay, the Word of God says this. You can't look at health care and all the issues involved and say the Word of God weighs in on that. It doesn't. The Word of God doesn't even weigh in on whether America should be a, a capitalistic society or a socialistic society. So that's between people and the people of the republic and what they want as their elected officials to, to promote. But there are some things that it's not a gray area. Everybody said there are some things that are absolute. Absolutely. And when you look at this handout that we gave you, this is what we talked about about seven months ago. There's no question the Word of God is absolute regarding abortion. There's no question about immorality. There's no question about debt. There's no question about sanctity of your life. And there's no question about Israel. And when you see people acting up against the truth of the Word of God, we don't attack the people. Everybody say, we don't attack the people. We don't attack the people. But we do attack the force that's trying to circumvent the truth from their mind. And we realize that when a person says something that is not the truth based on the Word of God, we go after that. You all in agreement with that? And, and I'm going to show you how to do that in just a moment. It's not something that you don't know scripturally, I'm sure. But for too long, we have been silent. And I don't think we understand the power and the authority and the dominion we have when somebody says something and it is an out and outright contradiction of the word of God. It is contrary to the truth of the word of God. And we have to go after that thing. And where people, I believe, get confused, they think, well, no, we don't have to go after the person, do we? If the thing's in the person, that's where you're going. Because it is a demonic force that is trying to take a nation down the wrong path, people down the wrong path, and try to get them to believe a lie. And in America today, we have about 60% of the people who are somewhat Christian some say it's 40%. Some say it's 30%. Who really knows for sure, but we live in a divided nation. And the division in this nation is really, it is not Republican, Democrat, Independent, Libertarian, Conservative, Liberal, or whatever, or Progressive. It is the truth and people living a non-truth. Could you all say amen to that? Amen. I'm talking about the things of God. I'm not talking about programs and all this kind of stuff and social security. I'm talking about the things we just talked about. That is the word of God and he has weighed in in each and every one of those areas. And we as a people and many denominational churches are going the wrong direction. And those issues right there uh, carry life or death on them. Not because God is an angry God, not because God's mean, but because these, these are truths that he's established for mankind. Not, not just the church, all of mankind. Now, Adam and Eve messed up and allowed the evil in, but God's, God's morality system never changed. I mean, it's always been steadfast and movable. And, and the world can make it any way they want to make it, but I truly believe that in the world today, we've so not just eliminated God, but we've eliminated the devil for who he is. And uh, I, I heard a girl say today, she said, oh, I just love things. She said, I put, my, I put my, um, my television on slow motion. Now, you know, there's so many new things in technology. <laughs> my television goes one speed, and when it's over, it's over. Hallelujah. We do not have recapture anything. What's slow 
I don't know, but she can slow things. She records them and then slows them down. And so she said, I just watched this person shot a girl right here in the head and blew out the back. And I, so I slowed it down so I could see the back of her head blow off. Now, I'm telling you, that was just as normal as anything. It was like exciting. I'm thinking, you know that? I don't know if I could watch that. Uh, I mean, I don't even want to watch that. I have no desire to watch that, slow it down. In fact, you know, my husband and I, we play sometimes something that you will know something's coming in a movie. And Pastor Bill, <laughs> he tries to, to, to stop it before it happens, you know. And always, all of the junk gets out and then he stops it and it's a good part again. You know, I mean, we, we have a hard time getting control of those forward, fast forward, reverse, all that. But I thought, why would anybody go back and look at that? What? Because it's all right. Now, that's somebody who's so desensitized to the truth of the word of God, to, to, the, to the life of God on the inside. Do you know this Holy Spirit? Do you think the Holy Spirit would slow down something, back it up, and just to watch somebody's head blow off? No. And that Holy Spirit lives in every believer. But there's, there's a lot of believers who have no problem watching all that kind of stuff. I'm telling you. They're, they don't understand powers and principalities. If you have ever participated in delivering people from powers and principalities, you recognize they are powers and they have power to destroy for those who invite them in. They can't come in unless we invite them. But we just don't know what inviting is. It's just letting the eye see it. And it's in. That's a good word, honey. I want you to pay really close attention to these five things up here that the Lord dropped in my heart about seven months ago. I believe that they're a challenge in the church. They're definitely a challenge with our government. They're a definite challenge with the administration at the present time. They're a definite challenge with a lot of people who are Republicans and Democrats. But it's not an issue of any of those things. It's an issue of what is the truth and what is a lie. And if a person is believing a lie, then we who have the authority and the power and the dominion have to weigh in. And if you turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 16, I'm going to show you how to do that. It's a scripture I'm sure that you all know. But what we have to do is be on guard so that we can proclaim the power and the word of God in every situation. In Washington and in every capital of the world, there are powers and principalities assigned to those areas. And they're trying to usurp the leadership. And what happens is you can tell when the leadership has been usurped in a Christian nation because they will start to speak words that are contrary to the word of God and to the will of God. And when you see that happen, then that's when the body of Christ needs to go into action. What do we do? Do we ride to Washington and shoot people and burn people and all this kind of stuff? No, that was what they tried to do years ago, and it didn't work. It was wrong. It was deadly, and that was when the nation was founded. And they had a lot of challenges in that area when they had those witch hunts and things like this, and they got way off track because they weren't founded on the truth of the Word of God. But what you do is you learn a spiritual principle. Now, in the body of Christ, the same spirits, demonic spirits, are trying to circumvent the truth of the Word of God and get into our minds. Your mind is no different than my mind. There are spirits that try to hover around you and get you to think wrong things. 
Can I see all the hands of the people who would say, I know that has happened to me. If your hand is not, Larry's hand is still not raised. Glory to God. But that, let's all say it, that has happened to me. That happened to me. Now, how do you get them out? It's because you take your authority and your power and dominion. Because if you don't, you will start to listen and entertain the thought. And, and this happens to me. Now, Pam said this before, and it is very true. I am a news junkie. I love news. I would listen to news. If I'm not in the Bible and praying and, 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 and fellowship in the Holy Spirit, I want news. I want to know what's going on in the world. But personally, for me, number one, it's an interest. Number two, it helps me to pray. I know how to bind what these silly people are doing. Uh, I feel sorry for them. It is obvious they don't know the truth. Because of what they say. And if you watch, for instance, Fox News, I'll be sitting there watching Fox News. That's probably my main source of, of, of news. But when I watch Fox News and I'll see somebody interviewed that uh, is saying, well, we should, da, 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 and I think that is contrary to the Word of God. I am binding what that person is saying as they're speaking. And I am actually entering into spiritual warfare, and I know some of you have done the same thing. Now, you can't just get mad at people because if you do that, you're absolutely useless in this war. So turn to your neighbor. Don't get mad at anybody. Don't get mad at anybody. Nobody was made to be a bad person. We are all created in the image of God. So when people do things, we don't get mad at the people, but we do exercise our power and authority in that situation. And we're going to read that in just a minute. But you have a word there, honey? Well, it, it, it goes back to weapons. Everybody say weapons. Weapons. Anger is not a weapon formed against the devil. No. It's his own weapon. Yeah. So that. when people get angry, they're in his game. Yep. Now, you're, you may not understand this fully, but there, there are familiar spirits. And the enemy knows how to get people locked into a position where they have absolutely no effect. Yeah. And that's anger. See, the enemy is, he's the very core of anger. I mean, he was angry at God because he couldn't be God and couldn't be what God, you know, he couldn't be the God. So he ended up being thrown out of heaven for his anger. And, and, and his, his resentment, basically, against not being able to be like God. He wanted to be God himself. That was Lucifer. And he still, today, is an angry entity. And he stirs up strife and anger and hostility. And we can miss, we can miss the whole boat of how we win this battle if we get into his way of playing the game. Because his way of playing the game is after the flesh. And anger is after the flesh. And we are fighting a spiritual battle. And that's why it says in Second Corinthians, this just really today, I feel like God's really speaking to me to get in that scripture and really study it. The weapons of our warfare. That means we have a warfare. That means we are fighting something. But we are the only people who can win because we know how to fight spiritually. So when my husband is up in the living room, you know, I hear him, you know, I bind that in the name of Jesus. I mean, he's talking now, you know, somebody might carry him off to the mental institution if they heard him because, you know, he's talking to the television set. But, get him all set free. Yeah, in that he, I mean, institution. he's got all the answers. He's speaking to it. He's talking to the TV and, you know, he he leaves them on in every room so he doesn't miss anything and he's talking. But you know what? He is actually fighting the battle. Those people yakety yakking it up on television. They're, all they're doing is getting mad at each other. And they are accomplishing nothing except to stir up strife. Don't get me on my soapbox. Look back to Bill. Pastor Bill. How are they going? Because that is a weapon formed against us. Hallelujah. It's true. God shows me different. I'll repent. 
but I believe it's true. We are shooting our own selves in the foot. We are shooting ourselves. I'm all for people giving us revelation so we can follow through. But when people start getting angry and start yelling and start fighting with each other and you can't hear either person, all they've done is stir up a hostile nest of demons. And they don't even know what's going on. But if you could see in the spirit on that television set, you would see it very clearly. And it needs somebody like my husband who's sitting in my living room. I bind you in the name of Jesus. We don't, we don't know what's happening when he says that. What if every Christian talked to their television set? It, if, if you could see what she's just describing in the spirit world, that every time you speak the truth, bind the work of the enemy and speak the truth of the word of God, that you actually affect spiritually the atmosphere that is there. One of the challenges we have in seats of power, and I'm using Washington, D.C. as an example, and it doesn't matter what party you're part of, but there are demonic spirits that try to control people that get elevated into positions of authority. Absolute authority is euphoric for people, and a lot of times it causes them to act in a way that normally they wouldn't be. We've all been deceived. Let's all say, I've been deceived. I've been deceived. Tell your neighbor, you've been deceived too. Yeah. We, we, we've all been deceived. So <laughs> it's not a put down of people, but it doesn't change our ability. What happened? Well, Sandy looked over to Brent. <laughs> like, oh, I have been? <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, he may be young enough. He may be young enough. He's okay. In Matthew chapter 13, let's, let's look there. Because this is so powerful, it's talking about the weapons that we have as part of our arsenal to use. And, and, and I'm going to paraphrase some of it, but when they came to Jesus, or when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Yeah. Some said, well, this, some said that. But then Peter spoke up and said, you're the son of God. And, and in verse number 17, Jesus answered him and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of heaven shall not prevail hell. against it. Hell, gates of hell. Gates of hell. What did I say? Heaven. That would be wrong, wouldn't it? Yeah. And the gates <laughs> of hell. And the gates of We hell. work as a team because we need to. Hallelujah. <laughs> what was that they used to call us? Uh, 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 Gracie. No, I, that was a call. Oh, no, I don't want to These be These people too young for that. Verse number 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Keys always represents authority. authority. I will give you the keys or I'll give you the authority of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So when a person, whether it be our own individual thoughts or somebody else, is trying to bring something forth in a position of power, and we know it is contrary to the will of God, we have the ability to bind that in the realm of the spirit. We may not see and probably will never see with our natural eyes what happens, but in the realm of the Spirit, we have a power, authority, and dominion. And we have a responsibility to do it. God's counting on us to be the people who bind and be the people who are aware and then bind it in the name of Jesus because we recognize that our problem is not with people. It's with powers and principalities that are trying to exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. We fight the battle where we can win. And that's why God gave us these weapons. Keys are wonderful because they are what unlock the things that need to be opened. And God will help us. Now, when you do this, you don't have to confront a person 
and say to them in a conversation, I bind what you just said, Mike. In the name of Jesus, I cast that out. We're going to speak this word over you right now. You don't have to do that because you just infuriate people. Have you ever done something like that? You just, I, I remember one time, I, I remember one time, we were in Tulsa, Oklahoma, sitting in this lady's living room, and this lady said, it wasn't this lady, but it was another lady, said, I'm leaving my husband because God showed me that I have a ministry and my husband just doesn't understand and, I, and I'm separating and divorcing him. And Pam said, that's not God. That's just a spirit. And this woman started screaming. Now, we had just gotten to Tulsa. This woman started screaming. We didn't know anybody. They invited. First place we'd been invited. This woman started screaming, ran down the hallway, ran in a bedroom or bathroom. Yeah, locked the door. Locked the door. And I'm standing there. I'm still growing in the Word of God. I hadn't even been to Bible school yet. And I thought, this is some impressive wife I got. We're getting thrown out of here real quick. (laughs) Which we really did. We did. They were very tactful were and very tactful. nice about it, but they did basically ask us goodbye. to leave because Pam wanted to go back and cast the devil out of the lady, and, and they said, no, we think maybe it would be She's best if you scared. just left. <laughs> She's too scared. Well, she was sure scared because that devil was exposed for what it was. And so she took off and hightailed it for the bedroom and wouldn't come out of there. Now, I'm not saying she did the right thing or the wrong I thing. I think I did the wrong thing, Because I don't really, really know. All I know is this. You don't have to speak out loud to bind the powers and principalities of darkness. You, you can do it internally. As a matter of fact, if you're married to that person, you better do it internally. But, 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 you, but you can bind that thing. And they may act up a little bit, but they don't know where it's coming from. You know, you speak, goodbye. Are they getting a shower and you just stand outside the door and... You know. You stretch your hands. But, but we have that power. We have that. Seriously, we have it, honey. We have the power. We do have the power. I have been in conversations. None of you. But, but when I have spoken with people, and as they're talking, I am binding their words. Because they are speaking contrary to the word of God. Now, one-on-one, I've been with people before, and I've said, listen, I want you to say again what you just said to me. And I want you to make sure you hear it. Because you're speaking contrary to the will of God and you're opening the door to demonic powers to influence your life and to cause a stronghold to develop in your life. And that is exactly what happened. But Jesus said we have the ability to bind all that stuff. And to loose. You know, there's a binding of what's not right. Then it's just as important to loose what is right. Because oftentimes we spend a lot of time binding and then we're all focused on the devil. But when we loose... We lose the word of God and we lose the life of God and we lose the power of God, you know, and that brings us into a place of faith because we're, you know, we really see what God's going to do in that situation. And so over the years, you know, I used to be a really good binder, but now I'm a, I, I've become a looser as well. Sometimes, you know, you're just always trying to bind the devil, but then I've, I understood God showed me it's important that you loose, That's right. you know, you loose the blessing, you loose the love, you loose, you know, um, you don't go around binding your husband's bad faults and never loose any good things on him. Yeah. You know, pretty soon he'll just be like this. <laughs> you got to loose into the good things. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I I'm just, trying to. I'm sorry. I remember one time we I were first married. Maker. 
Bort when? Toymaker's Dream. If any of you ever saw that, Tom Newman did this play, and and it was so vivid because the devil was acting up, and they 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 and they mimed it, but they kept pulling the bands. And by the end, the devil's all curled up in a ball on the floor from them binding him and that. what he was going to do. You went lower than that. Yeah, but I, if I don't want to go down there, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. It was good. That's a good example. But, but I see that when I see binding. I see, the, the, I see that all the time because I saw it and it was so vivid to me. What, what happened after Jesus died and when he came out of the tomb in that mime and when he came out. That then they just began to bind the devil, and he was a big, this guy was pretty big, and, and they just kept pulling the cords, and they'd circle him again and pull, and they'd circle again and pull, and finally he was just all crumpled up in the ball on the floor and all bound up and couldn't do anything. And so, you know, God wants us to be those kind of people that put that kind of a, a hold on what the enemy's doing and then loose the power of God into that person's life, bring him back to life, bring him back to that place where they can function fully. Now, about 25 or 30 years ago, I heard a message similar to this binding and loosing and how powerful it was. And then I had somebody share that with me about how we should always be either binding or loosing one or the other, the things of God, into our minds and then into those people that were around. It changed my life. I can honestly say, and I don't mean this with any, any pride, but I can honestly say I have done this so long, it seems to come natural to me. Now, the thing that I want to share with you is the message that, this, that the Lord gave us tonight. Are you ready? In other words, is that something that you do automatically, almost without thinking? In other words, when you hear a word that's contrary to the truth of the Word of God, do you bind that thing quickly so that it doesn't get in your mind and it doesn't stay out there in the mental and the thought realm of that person? Or do you just let it go and let it slide? Sometimes, now, the, the love revolution and all we're teaching in this school and love is the greatest gift and the greatest commandments are love, that is absolutely true. So let's all say it. Nothing is higher than love. Nothing's higher than love. But don't you ever think that by rebuking a person in the realm of the spirit, the, I'm talking about the powers and principalities that has that person, don't you ever think that rebuking that thing is not walking in love? Oh, it is. You are walking in love. And whether it's something that you're doing verbally or whether it's something that you're doing non-verbally, but you are absolutely entering into your dominion and power and authority, don't you ever think that it's putting down the person. We love people, but we detest the powers and principalities of darkness that are trying to control them. And the scripture for that, that is something that we're going to flow right into now, but it's the next thing on your list there, and it's in uh, uh, verse number 21. Of, uh, of Matthew chapter 16, and this is uh, where impetuous Peter got himself in trouble again with Jesus. And he, he was pretty good at that, wasn't he, honey? He was very outspoken. He, he's correcting the Son of God. He's, he's recognized who the Son of God is, and now the Son of God is telling him something, and Peter's going to correct him. Yeah. I love this scripture. Go ahead. It says, from, the, the time, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed and raised on the third day. Then Peter took him aside. I can't imagine. You know, it's kind of like we take God aside and say, you know, that's really not the way it is. And began to rebuke him. He rebuked the Lord, saying, far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. Everybody say, this is immaturity. <laughs> this is immaturity at its height. 
He had a heart right. His heart was right, but his mind was. And he had up. just had a great revelation, but now he's really off track. But he turned and said to Peter, "Get behind me! Get behind me!" What was he speaking to? The spirit that was controlling Peter's words. He didn't say, "Get behind me, Peter." He said, "Get behind me." Satan, because he recognized what was the influence. You are an offense to me, not Peter, Satan. You are offense to me. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Peter was not mindful of what God wanted. He was mindful of what Peter wanted. And Peter didn't want Jesus to die. He basically was saying, you are an offense to me because you can't say that. And the devil was operating through Peter's mind. Where does he operate in you? Turn to your neighbor and say, if you don't get it, he's operating and trying to operate through your mind. He's operating through your mind. He he plants thoughts. Peter had a thought. The devil, powers, principalities, came to Peter. Peter tried to respond. Wasn't on a spiritual mindset, but he's trying to correct the Lord and, and, and try to get him to see it his way. But God quickly came against him. The Son of God spoke to him said, you're an offense to me. Folks, we need to rebuke. We really do. I'll tell you something today. Some of our leaders, now you know, you, you know who I'm talking about now. But some of our leaders today, uh, actually yesterday, are, are, in my opinion, this is my opinion only. Tell your neighbors, this is only the pastor's opinion. Pastor's opinion. Some of the leaders in this nation came out against Israel because they have decided in their nation, in their city of Jerusalem, to build 1,600 uh, 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 houses where they feel to build them. It's their nation. It's not our nation. And that's the apple of God's eye. And when our leadership came out against them, they began to riot over there because now American authority has spoken, and now they've got some problems over there. And part of it is because we are speaking against God's people. Now, I have bound that and the words of people in authority in this nation that the people of God are free to do what they feel to do. Those are God's people. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for God's anointed people, the Jewish people, and that that is a city, Jerusalem, where people of all faiths are free to worship as they choose. Does that sound like a country you know? Does that sound like a country like America? And what happens then is when you begin to bind those things in the realm of the Spirit... You may think you don't have any effect at all, but I am telling you in the realm of the Spirit, there's no distance. Everybody say no distance. distance. So when you are binding something that comes from a source and you say that is contrary to the will of God, that is contrary to the will of God. When you bind that thing and loose it, it is as if you are right there on the scene. Everybody say I'm on the scene. In other words, you'd like to go places. You can go anywhere you want in this world in the realm of the Spirit. When you bind and you loose, and that's the power that we have available. Now, Peter had to be rebuked in that situation. But then Jesus, in verse 24, goes on and really gives us the mandate that are we really ready to follow Jesus? In other words, are you ready to lay your life down? Or are you just going to be that person who says, you know... I know that's not right, but I don't want to. You've heard these expressions before. I don't want to ruffle their feathers. Some people need to have their feathers plucked. I don't want to rock the boat. Some boats need to sink. I don't want to lose my job. Some of you in this case may need to lose your job. 
Or maybe by being bold, you'll be promoted in your job. You'll never know. But a lot of people today, I believe, and, and this, is, this is, is my concern, and you can weigh in this on, honey, because I know sometimes I get a little bit carried away. Okay. But I believe, oh, it is? Hallelujah. But, but, <laughs> but I'm not I, responsible for you. But I believe that there are things that are getting ready to happen. Folks, it's, it, this is not an opinion. Read the book of Matthew. Yeah. What's going to happen just before the return of Jesus? Are we close? I believe yes. we are. I believe especially based on things that are happening in Israel, we are very close. What's going to happen just before the return? All hell is going to break loose. Are the people of God going to be blessed? Certainly, if they're in the will of God, doing what God's called them to do. Will many of the people of God not be blessed that are out of the will and out of position? Oh, they're going to have some serious challenges. And there are people today who are still, still going through challenges with worry and doubt and fear and unbelief. Well, folks... If you got worry and doubt and fear and unbelief right now, oh, my goodness, you're going to be a basket case when all hell breaks loose. Thank you for that overwhelming silence. <laughs> but if you're ready, everybody say ready. ready. If you're ready for the fight of faith that we're about to enter into and we're going to another level and we are going to have blessings upon our life, but you're going to have to get to the point when you bind, you lose, you refuse to entertain a thought from the devil, you bind that thing and you loose the power of God and you start to speak the truth which is ours and our victory, no matter what happens, you're going to be okay. So let's just say, I'm going to be okay no matter what happens. Tell that person next to you, I'm going to be okay no matter what happens. Lord, we could go to the bartering system in this nation. I'm going to be okay because I'm going to have blessings on my life, and you're going to have blessings on our, your life. And, you know, if you understand spiritually this whole thing, um, and I don't have a lot of revelation, but the Bible says those that pray for the peace of Israel and that, that those who love Israel will prosper. See, this week, I think it's a good idea to call when we don't like things, send emails. I think we need to do all that. But if we don't go a step further as believers, we have failed in our responsibility to the living God. Because he defends Israel. If people attack Israel, we need to bind their words, but then we need to lose mercy. Because I'm telling you, there will be a curse come on those who curse Israel. And if we don't speak up in the spirit, then where do we stand? If we don't take a stand in the spirit and say, we bind that in the name of Jesus, at least in our life. Because, see, those people have dominion over our lives that are speaking. Those people that are speaking over Israel are people we elected. Maybe not individually, but this nation did. And that's people. They had to come from the church, folks. People do not get elected without the church voting in this in this situation. So when we look at the world today where the church has become watered down, now the church has stepped out spiritually from defending her God and defending what her God defends. And so for us to be a voice, it's not just call in and jam the White House lines, which I'm all for, by the way. I think that's great. But there's a word beyond that for the church that says we need to jam every line in heaven that's a direct attack against those things that God is for. And we need to lose mercy on all of us that the repercussions of what these people are doing in ignorance is not going to come on us. And we need to plead the blood of Jesus because we want peace in our house. We want the we don't want the enemy in our house. The enemy already got into the United States once. And he's here. He is here. 
And so as, as a Christian, we have a responsibility for what Jesus did on the cross to take that dominion and begin to be that voice in the spirit. Everybody say in the spirit. And I do pray mercy for our president. I pray mercy for every one of those people up there that, that, that think they're saying things that are, you know, that are just full of wisdom that are totally linking up with powers and principalities that want nothing but to destroy this nation because God chose it to be a voice for the kingdom of God. And that's the whole bottom line of everything that's going on. It's to shut down this nation and Israel. Let's all say it. You shall know the truth. You shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And the truth will set you free. Tell your neighbor, I know the truth. I know the truth. Are you ready to do whatever it takes to be blessed by God and to finish the race strong? Let's look at verse number 24. <clears throat> this reads easy. And Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But it means sacrifice of a lot of things that you have been doing. Because the Holy Spirit, I believe, is going to be weighing in in these end times like never before. And I know people are talking about signs and wonders and miracles and all the things the Holy Spirit is going to do. And I believe that. I truly do. But I believe God is going to be guiding people that are open to him individually like never before. And telling you when to speak, when to, when to bind, when to loose, and how to respond in every situation you find yourself in. And this is what Jesus said. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the entire world and loses his own soul? Or what, and this is what's happened to a lot of men today. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. In other words, there are going to be rewards that we are going to have when Jesus comes and raptures the church out of here. And I just want to encourage all of you that are you really ready for what is about to happen? Or is it just going to be life as normal? There is a boldness that the Holy Spirit wants to give to people. Let's all stand to our feet. That will absolutely take you places and take you in front of people that will be able to allow you to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was sitting with someone just recently, a, position, a person of authority in this community, and they were explaining some things that would be contrary to what I felt was the will of God in the situation regarding our land. And when I, I just felt in my spirit, I just felt to say to them, do you believe in miracles? And they thought for a while, and it wasn't a bad person at all, and said, well, yeah, yeah, do. And I said, well, that's what we're believing for. We're not believing for what somebody thinks. We're believing for a miracle. Could you be in agreement with me? And the person said, well, yeah, I could do that. I could be in agreement for that miracle. And then they said, wow, if that happened, it should be a miracle. I said, yeah, well, we, we have to believe in something. I believe that the economic system is going to continue to have chaos. I believe the unemployment situation is going to continue to be bad. But God's people are going to be taken care of. 
It's not going to happen in the body of Christ. We're going to have jobs. This is what I'll say. I'm going to have a job. I'm going to have money. Because I know the truth. In other words, we're not going to be led by those bad reports. But we can't just be the people who say, hey, I'm okay. No, no. We've got to bind some of those voices. Some of those spirits that are wandering around out there. We have the answer for the world. You shall know the truth. What was that? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Everybody give Brandon a hand. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. He just wanted to come in and yeah. twang it that yeah, just, right. just to underscore it. He's emphasizing their That's words. right. That's right. Synthetizing. Is that how you've said it? Synthetizing the emphasizing. message. Now, this is what I want to pray for all of you. All of you know Jesus. Let me see the hands of all the people who know Jesus. Glory to God. Let me see the hands of all the backsliders. A hand went up by mistake. I know it was a mistake. I'm not going to point to you, but I know you didn't mean that. But, <laughs> but, but how many of you realize that you need to get over yourself? And you need to find out what your God-given destiny is? There are so many hurting people out there. And some of the people that we see and hear, they're, they're hurting more than anybody. Uh, I was, well, it doesn't really matter. I don't want to use a name. But, but there are people that need our prayers. You have the same power. Now listen to this. Then we'll close with this. You have the same power resident within you that Jesus Christ had when he walked on this earth. The power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus just spoke a word, and people were healed. You have that same power. You might say, well, how am I going to affect somebody in Washington, D.C., or how am I going to affect somebody in the Sudan, or how am I going to affect somebody in another state? There is absolutely no distance in the realm of the Spirit. And if you can put this in a terminology that maybe your mind can comprehend, you can take your computer and punch a button and be in direct contact with somebody in Hong Kong at a moment of touching a button. And in the realm of the Spirit, that is exactly how it is.